And so I'm like, you know what? I need to add a new client to my roster, and her name is Kim Ely. And she's writing the book. Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. So I'm excited about that. You're listening to The Sociable Scribes, two professional writers who work hard, play hard, and love to have fun on the job. Word stylist Nikita Rowell-Stevens and publishing consultant Kim Ely talk about the topics and questions they hear most often from their clients. Let's talk about writing, the good, the bad, and the awesome, while addressing popular questions and concerns from real writers like you. If you're a writer, someone who aspires to write, or just wants to learn more about writing and publishing and have a lot of fun along the way, welcome to the tribe. Here are your hosts, Nikita and Kim. Two writers who love to socialize, The Sociable Scribes. So, Nikita, what's behind your curtain this week? Well, um, so I'm going through some big transitions in my business. Ooh, tell us and, more. And um, I, I made a really big decision um, recently to make a, a pivot in my business. Oh, wow. And um, that pivot Uh is to pull back from content marketing. Wow. Which is, it's huge because I've been doing it for a while now and I've built a reputation around it. But my passion has always been in the creative writing and (gasps) the fiction writing. So um, I have decided to um, stop leaving all of these projects and things I've wanted to do for the for a while. Yeah. Um, stop leaving them on the shelf and take them off the shelf. And um, so after doing some consultation with a friend of mine who mm-hmm. is a is a career author, which was a big impetus in in, in um, this decision, um, I am going to start. Wait for it. <gasps> writing fifty thousand words a month starting in April. Wow, that's yeah. huge! Woohoo! Yeah. So it's, it's exciting and intimidating oh. at the same time. So that's behind my curtain. Oh, that's huge! Well, yeah. good for you because I know you're such a good writer, and and the fact that I, I love what you're saying about you've had these things on the back burner for a while, and now it's like. No, dadgummit, this is what matters to me. This is what I want to do. Not that the other didn't matter to you. Right. But you have a real passion for it and a talent for it. Well, so thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Well, what about you, Kim? What's behind your curtain? Holy macaroni. <laughs> Girl, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if I could compete with that. It's <laughs> <laughs> a major life decision. Yeah, that is kind of a major um, life decision. Yeah. So behind my curtain. So I've recently had so much going on. Okay. I mean, it's all been good stuff, but I think what's behind my curtain is needing to stand back, look a little bit more at the processes that I put in place mm. so that I can more uh, uh, readily control um, my business, if that makes sense. I feel so often I've been so blessed to have tons of clients, which I'm not complaining one bit. I yeah. love it. But sometimes it feels overwhelming and I never want to get so overwhelmed that I'm not keeping track of everything that I want to keep track of. Sure. And part of that includes time for myself. 
Yes. I need to schedule some appointment time. The other day, so so you'll be happy about this because okay. I'm writing my, my second book. Yay. And so I'm like, you know what? I need to add a new client to my roster, and her name is Kim Ely. And she's writing the book. Yes. yes. <laughs> That's awesome. So I'm excited about that. So yay. Ooh. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited for you. This is yeah, awesome. I'm so excited for you. And yay. now it's time for Gregarious Goofballs. <laughs> All right, it's that time for Gregarious Goofballs. Yay! <laughs> so you go first. Okay. So <laughs> this is not necessarily any one instance for me. It's kind of a series of instances. So um, my husband has started snoring. Oh, no. And the last, let me see. It's probably become a problem in... In the last six months or so. Oh, no. (laughs) And so I am not a heavy sleeper. Mm -hmm. I'm quite a light sleeper. And I wake up several times in the middle of the night, Uh which makes the problem because he's making noise. Yeah. And um, (laughs) just the other day, he was like, because he got up like in the middle of the night and Uh went down on the couch. I'm like, (laughs) like, why'd you leave? He's like. Because you kept dropping the people's elbow on me. <laughs> oh, that's great. The people's elbow. <laughs> that's what he told me. That was his word. And it's so funny. I wish I could show. There was this really funny um, meme that uh-huh. I saw on Facebook last week where the husband is laying down snoring. And I swear to you, this is my life. I do it all the time. I'm sorry. <laughs> I have to apologize in advance. But she, husband snoring. <laughs> the wife walks up to him and bam, so that's oh, like right upside the head, and he jumps like goes over, and she's like, it's okay, honey, I'm so what's wrong? I love it. I'm like, that is my life now. <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's too funny. So that's my goofball moment. <laughs> I love it. That's that's awesome. Here's my goofball moment. Yeah. So. I have a banner that I use for my business, and it's a vinyl banner. It's one of those retractable suckers. So I didn't think much of it. I was using it one day for a workshop, and it rolls up. And so um, it was raining that day, and I was in a hurry. So I'm like, you know, good enough. I'll just put it away as is. (laughs) (laughs) Then then a few months later, I had another workshop, and I hadn't opened it since then. I had a little moldy spot oh. on my banner, and I I pulled it open, of course, right before the workshop, and I'm oh, like, geez. oh, snap, because, of course, I didn't check it ahead of time. Why yeah. would I? Why would I? So I'm thinking about, have you seen the, the, the commercial with Skittles where it's like, taste the rainbow, and the, and the little kid has like, um, oh, Skittles, yeah. and he has Skittles pops? <laughs> I'm thinking about gluing, if I can't get these mold spots off, gluing little Skittles. <laughs> <laughs> Skittles box. (laughs) You know, it happens. (laughs) That's hilarious. So, yeah. So, that's, yeah, but it may just be my new permanent look. (laughs) Go with it. (laughs) That's hilarious. All right. 
So, Nikita, I am so excited to interview our next guest. I am too. This is exciting. Yes. This is such a treat to have this lady here. Known for her insights, candidness, and humor, Mary Foley revs up women entrepreneurs with the clarity, confidence, and consistency to generate the revenue they really want. Mary started revving up her own career when she ditched her engineering degree as uh, for a job as an $8 an hour customer service rep at AOL, when AOL was cool. Right. Within 10 years, she became the company's first head of corporate training and then left to earn a master's in organization development, became co-owner of a human resources firm, and wrote her first book, all by the age of 36. Dang. Right? Today, she is a dynamic speaker, a business coach, and the host of Power Plug Podcast. It's fantastic. Have you heard it? It's amazing. When she's not wearing a red cape, she is sipping wine at a Virginia winery. And if you want to find out more about this wonderful lady, you can go to maryfoley.com. But we're going to find out about more about her right now. So welcome, Mary. It's great to be here. So glad that you're here. You read that all those things I did by the age 36, and I want to say, and I'm exhausted. (laughs) (laughs) Shoot. Because, you know, I'm only 37 now. (laughs) What are you going to do next year? I I don't know. I'm pondering that right now. Well, we're so glad that you're here, and we're really excited to talk to you a bit about both books and speaking. Mm-hmm. So we really wanted to talk to you about um, how books help you with having a successful speaking career and on the flip side, how a successful speaking career helps you to sell books. So first we want to introduce folks to some of your books and you were kind yeah. enough to bring in some awesome copies. Yes. And so, so Nikita, I'll let you introduce uh, Mary's books. Yeah. So she's got some pretty cool books here. Um, Bodacious Career, Outrageous Success for Working Women. Awesome. Bodacious. I love Bodacious. I know. We're going to have to talk to us a little bit about that. (laughs) Um, And then the Bodacious Woman, Outrageously in Charge of Your Life and Loving It. Um, And this, I think this is actually one of my favorites because, (laughs) I don't know, I just live like your nail color. It's so awesome. Even if you have naked nails. I like, love we that. We have to have Mary elaborate a little bit more on the living life <laughs> nail color. Definitely. That's very intriguing. That's right. But um, wait, there's more. Yes. But wait, there's more. <laughs> <laughs> this is so exciting. You've written, um, written these three books, and mm-hmm. we would love to get some insight from you on kind of your process and what mm-hmm. inspired you um, to write a book and... Um, well, wait, let's see. What was was Bodacious Career the first one? That's the first one. Okay. Yeah. So that might be the good place to start. Let's right? start what here. inspired me in the first place, right? Yeah. Um, so uh, you asked about the word bodacious. So you said, "Are oh, you going? We're going to have to talk about that, right?" <laughs> yes. So, um, in fact, in both my books, Bodacious Woman and Bodacious Career, I address that up front. What does it mean to be bodacious? What What does the word really mean? Yeah. And if you look it up in the dictionary, you'll find words like bold, outstanding, remarkable, audacious. Oh, right? I love it. Awesome. And I always like to make clear, and you won't find the word tatas. Okay? <laughs> But that's, that's what comes to mind. People do say that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ones of the male persuasion. That's oh, right. That's right. <laughs> so, you know, the funny thing is you just put it out there, you know, and it's just what it is. But um, actually... <laughs> when you look up uh, when you when you really what the when you look it up 
the you know bold outstanding remarkable audacious you know yeah. that's really what the word means and in fact yeah. uh, technically it's or not to say tech i did some research mm-hmm. i'm not really sure the origin of the word but there is some belief that it is a southern term of the united states of the combination of the words bold and audacious huh. okay okay but i will say in my research i also uncovered um a celtic queen in the British Isles, or really, you know, what we wow. would east of England, yeah. I mean, east of London. And uh, her name is, depending on the different pronunciations, uh, Boudicca, okay? Oh, when you look at the writing of it, B-O-U-D-I-C-A, it is very close to Bodacious. Ah. And I go, hmm, and she essentially kicked ass on the Romans. So awesome. I, I love it. That, yeah, and in fact, she's a symbol of British freedom. Oh, um, that is, uh, and her, so there's a big, uh, statue of her on the river Thames right outside <gasps> parliament. So, uh, you know, who knows, maybe their first settlers brought over the idea of being bodacious, um, because of her don't I know, but that. it's really associated with a lot of female empowerment, right? Yeah. Female bold and gutsy. I like my short version of definition is it's positive gutsiness. And I, it, it came, that word came into my life, and I grabbed on to it while I was at AOL. Like uh-huh. I said, you said uh, with AOL was cool, which yeah. is accurate. <laughs> yeah. And um, as I was navigating my career, mm-hmm. um, and as it turns out, my personal life, when I got through, I got married and divorced. But I needed to, I realized I needed to be more bold, more gutsy. I needed to be more in charge of my life. Yeah, and I had, and I, I needed to make some gutsy decisions to do that. Yeah, decisions like I'm gonna get separated. Yeah, you know, from my yeah. then husband. Uh, decisions like let's see if we can repair this and put it together. You know, that's gutsy. Yeah, yeah. decisions yeah, yeah. like yeah. you know, um, talk to my boss as to why I'm not getting promoted when he always was a big supporter of me, mm-hmm. and then ultimately out of that number of com- conversations and actions deciding to leave AOL to pursue my career elsewhere and and so a friend of mine uh at AOL gave me a book again the Uh power of books books. and the author the title of the book was the bodacious book of succulents (gasps) oh I know it just was like I know exactly (laughs) and it was really all about self-care okay Ah. but that word bodacious leaped off the cover yeah and it spoke to me Amazing. because it was like i wasn't even sure what it really meant then except it right. felt gutsy it felt fun too right yeah and a lot of mojo and so i adopted it as my personal rallying cry the word and i um started calling myself bodacious or saying hey that was a bodacious thing you know it was one of those my boss at the time was a little concerned i will tell you <laughs> I wasn't sure what was happening. I look back and I think one word, the power of words, right? Nice. But um, awesome. so I didn't know then if you fast forwarded my life that I would um, leave AOL at, and, you know, pursue um, to to write books, um, to speak on being bodacious, to inspire women to be in charge of their life, in charge of their career yeah. and loving it. And of course, later living like their nail color. But yes. I didn't know then. But uh, that's where that word came from comes from that's awesome. amazing yeah, that's amazing well and i think that one word and and tell me tell me if i'm on the right track kind of encapsulates a lot of what you do mm-hmm. for women you help them to become bold yep. audacious speak their mind make their money rev up 
right. and yeah. um, also to uh, to power up their their own message. Um, right. And so it's, it's true. And, um, you know, over the last now almost 20 years, it's hard to believe uh, since that time and all this started. You know, the the bodacious or being able to really be in charge of your life and loving it, which is why I use that subtitle in, in the book, Bodacious Woman, mm-hmm. um, it, to kind of explain what do you mean by bodacious right. and what being a woman and why, you know, what you want to be in charge of your life and you want to love it, right? You want right. to enjoy the life that, that we all have. And so obviously this book is about inspiring you to do that and some how-tos on, on how to do that. But overall, I have inspired or at least attempted to (laughs) help women whether you know in different ways so sometimes it's personally right sometimes it's professionally sometimes in the professional realm it's been you're working in a company and some of the things about uh and navigating through that which i didn't get but i learned and so i want to pass on my lessons learned and then more recently as you're saying to kim as an entrepreneur um, and, and when I first started down this road, there weren't a lot of women entrepreneurs. Yeah. Now there are a lot more. Mm-hmm. And what I have had the fortune and the opportunity and the experience is kind of maybe figuring out a little bit more before some of the women who are starting their uh, entrepreneurial journeys now mm-hmm. and, and hopefully be able to pass on now those lessons learned as well as helping them kind of arm in arm with as a coach with clarity of message and clarity of, um, of what they want to achieve and how to, how to really create the revenue they want. So, oh, awesome. so all that's being bodacious, different yes. words, different forms. Yeah. So that's how that started. Oh, that's fantastic. So, so I have a quick question for you on, on, on the word bodacious before we get to talking a little yeah, bit about absolutely. your speaker and your author career. I'm just curious because you adapted that, that, philosophy fairly early in your career do you feel that the meaning of that has evolved as Mm. you have evolved good question Mm. you know i remember um someone said you better like that word bodacious because you're gonna say it a lot (laughs) (laughs) it makes sense right um and i've never really gotten tired of it um i don't think it's meant any different than when i first started I, i think for myself which is probably it was gonna be true for everybody um the the positive gutsiness the things i needed to be gutsy about obviously evolved absolutely yeah right and and have changed and so i have actually had to draw upon that Mm. uh, and say all right let's go bodacious mary let's do it um and you know i do find that you know again from the the writer the author the, the the communicator's point of view you know that was a word that really resonated with me Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it has not always resonated with every other woman. Okay. Yeah. And I think you know, it's not necessarily a bad thing, right? right? right. You need to, um, and the funny thing is I don't use that word as much today. Mm. And I'll tell you why. It's because there was a, I was trying to sell too much into corporate and they weren't ready for it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh, so, like, you know, whoa, too bodacious. It was a little bit like, yeah, it's a little bit like ahead of my time, perhaps a little bit. Like today, it's not doesn't feel like any yeah, big deal. No, yeah. but if you dial back to the early two thousands, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, they were wondering uh, what you know, etc. Right, so yeah, yeah. now the entrepreneurial women, I think, and the ones who always had spunk and spark, always yeah, have yes. liked it, right? Always. Yeah, had, so yeah. in some ways, it's always helped me identify who gets it, who, yeah. who I resonate with, and they resonate with me. And I think part of you know overall when we want to impact and influence others. 
um, for our cause or for, you know, building our businesses mm -hmm. as well, then um, it, the more you can resonate with really your, the sweet mm -hmm. spot of those you serve, yeah. the, 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 I think that's actually what you're looking to do. Uh, you're not looking to be everything to all people. Yeah. Um, you'll be no, nothing to no one. Um, and I think sometimes we understand that, but it's scary to get more and more niched or to go more and more narrow. And so today I will have women going, oh, you're bodacious, right? And they love and they all sparkle <laughs> up. And I, it's funny because they'll remember me by that. Yeah. And I'll know that it, it connected with them. And yeah. we'll have a kinship right there, you know, awesome. a connection. Yeah. So it's awesome. kind of neat in that way. That's pretty cool. Oh, very cool. So going on with what you're talking about yeah. as far as sharing your message, um, do you, and I wanted to talk about the speaking and the book connection. Sure. Do you share the same message in your books that you share when you're doing a presentation? Um, the short answer is yes. Mm -hmm. When in fact I was really focused on more of the bodacious message. Gotcha. Okay. Right. Today, um, my message is a little bit more focused on the, on the very, uh, on the problem so to speak, you know, we solve problems, right? Yes, right, right. Pay us to solve problems and such. And so my books clearly are nonfiction. They're, yeah. they're not fiction books. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. genre. Nikita's very good at that and knows how to do that. So I just want to put it kind of in its place. Yeah, and yeah, so, yeah. Uh, you know, today I'm talking to women entrepreneurs about how to, quote, rev up their business, generate yeah. the revenue they really want. So I would use that language. And if I were to write another book today, I would mm -hmm. use that language. Oh. All right. But I think here's what the big thing is, is that, if as an author, if you want to write mm -hmm. and you want to have a published book right. and you want to use that as a credibility piece as uh, for your business, mm -hmm. as your expertise, and you want to speak, you want to mm -hmm. present some in presenting that expertise, right. it needs to be congruent. Your presentations need to be congruent with what that book is, particularly the very first one. Mm -hmm. And and I, I used to have presentations mm -hmm. literally based on the title of the book. I didn't come up with new stuff. I'm not trying to make it rocket science here, for particularly. But yeah. I would also say, okay, now what would be another um, aspect within the book that is maybe on, um, like, there's a whole section um, in Bodacious Career about networking. Right. So I did a presentation about networking, right? Okay. And so I'll take sections or concepts within the book, and I might blow it out a little bit more. I mean, you can make a presentation that's 45 to 60 minutes. Mm -hmm. You can also do, you know, one that's 90 minutes or half a day, and you can make it a mini workshop and interactive and kind of, quote, blow it out, extend it more and have mm -hmm. the application. Mm -hmm. So, the, you know, the, many people have thought of books as, particularly nonfiction and particularly for your business as a calling card mm -hmm. as its credibility, but literally um, that you can use it to say, well, here's really my big business card or my you know, big calling card. Um, and so I think it's very important to be congruent. If I'm doing a presentation mm -hmm. that has n n like, here, here's a great example. Yeah. I've written a book, live like your nail color, even if you have naked nails. Yeah. If I'm doing a presentation about how to market your business, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, then I'm not going to bring up live like your nail color, even if you have naked nails as, as the author of, because it has nothing to do right. with one or the other. It would confuse people. Right. So instead of adding credibility or adding understanding, I think it would create a question mark mm. in a negative way. Mm -hmm. And so it's not about being inauthentic. It's about serving the audience, about let me show you and share with you 
from if it's credibility, like maybe why you should, <laughs> why you might want to pay attention, but right, right. Uh, to me. But I think that's just it's really about serving your audience and keeping them in mind. Oh, that's and the people awesome. you're serving. That yeah, makes sense. It does. Well, I think that's a good segue into one of the next questions that we had for you because it obviously you tailored some of a lot of your your speaking to your books mm-hmm. early on. Did the speaking come first or did the books come first, author? Yeah, I love this question actually. <laughs> um because most people have experienced me as a speaker or presenter or somebody in the front of the room. Right. right? I mean right, yeah. I, more more in the last so many years I've done a lot of coaching, which is more one on one, but that's how a lot of people have experienced me. Um but I'm actually think, oh well, Mary's very extroverted. Uh-huh. I'm actually not nearly as extroverted. As, Interesting. Yeah. Um, it's just that that's when I show up. That's what I'm uh, doing. Gotcha. Right? And right, right. So I'm not, it's not inauthentic. It's simply to say, hey, I'm about 50-50. Ah. Okay. So there's an introverted side of me. Mm-hmm. And there is in that uh, writing has been a part. So I kept journals oh. as a kid. Oh, okay. I wrote a letters. Of course, we didn't have email then. But anyway, <laughs> I liked writing letters right, to my yeah. grandparents and my aunts and uncles who were in different states. Um, I have this picture actually. um uh of, uh, I think my dad took or something. Anyway, uh-huh. it's me. I'm like 12 years old, lying on the, you know, sideways on the um, family room floor. Uh-huh. And I get my arm propped up <laughs> and I'm writing. Oh, in that's a book. awesome. And I was thinking awesome. and writing yeah. and thinking and writing. And I was, I would do that a, a lot. It helped me process a lot. So awesome. to answer your question, Nikita, <laughs> my very first book, um, it was, I write and then I speak. So my first book, it was a write and speak. Second book, it was a write and speak. Mm -hmm. Third book, it was a speak and write. Interesting. Yeah. So overall, though, Mm -hmm. I understand that my creative process has Mm -hmm. started with the written word. Gotcha. That's very cool. Yeah, and and here's why we came. And the first book was the hardest, right? Isn't the mm-hmm. first book always the hardest? Because mm-hmm. you're not you're not yes. familiar with the uh, process, yeah. and you're not very comfortable or confident <laughs> with your writing, yes. right? Yes. Kind of a thing, and all that. And so, I encourage anyone listening: if you haven't written the first book and you really, really want to write a book, just write it. I yes. Mean, just yes. just start. Because your first book will never be as good as your, what, fifth, sixth, seventh book, if in fact you do it. I mean, it just, yeah. and I yeah. haven't gotten to that. Enough. But the point. first book, the first part of writing is always the hardest, and you're always the most critical of yourself. And don't worry, it's going to suck anyway. Yeah. So maybe not really. <laughs> but it's not going to be nearly as good as, as later on. It's just like anything we do, right? So yeah. write it, then, you know, get Nikita or Kim to help you with uh, polishing it up and rewriting, all right? Because there's not writing, there's rewriting, right? Yeah, that's, that's so, so true. So anyway, so true. but... So I, um, the first book was, there were two things, I I, I have too many ideas going through my head. That's okay. okay. The first book, and why writing is, uh, has continued to be a big part of my creative process is, when you sit down to write, you're organizing your thoughts, which then also means you have to clarify your thoughts. Mm. Mm. And that clarified enough to yourself to be able to communicate it to another person. Ah, okay. And mm-hmm. I found for the way my brain works, mm-hmm. I needed to internalize it more and do it with myself first. If I can't clarify it to myself, right. yes. why should I open my mouth and talk to either of you? Mm. Gotcha. That, that makes, makes a lot of sense. sense. That makes if a lot of sense. I want it to be 
not just well composed and grammar and stuff, but mm-hmm. if I want to make an impact. Mm-hmm. My whole desire for ever writing or speaking, for that matter, mm-hmm. has to be its impact and influence. Mm-hmm. And so that that drove me, I think, to get more, what is it? What am I really trying to say? What is the nub of the lesson learned for that thing? And, you know, my first book, Bodacious Career, and my main lessons learned about career success in an organization. Mm -hmm. And saying, I had to go back. What did I learn? What did I learn? I knew some things right off the top of my head, but when you have to dig for it, what's the story? When did that, when's an example of that happening? And, And, you know, I had to do that work. Well, um, so to quote that work it, for me, it helped to just start writing, writing it down, not the final product writing, just yeah. this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's, and I would kind of more brainstorm writing, mm-hmm. remembering okay. yep. stuff, starting to capture stories and then stepping back and saying, yeah, I see some things coalescing. Now let me go back and clarify that even more. I mean, you know, new things would come to mind. I'd write yeah, that in. Yeah. And so to me, it was not this uh, front to back, you know, outline process. Now, eventually an outline came. Mm-hmm. And then eventually I, uh, and I continued to make that better. So anyway, that's how it went. It went from uh, internal to external. The interesting thing about Live Like Your Nail Color, which is the third book I wrote, mm-hmm. Even if you have naked nails, and there is a difference between naked and naked, uh-huh. right? I really sort of know. <laughs> uh, naked means, of course, you don't have anything on. Naked means you don't have anything on, and you're up to something. Yes. Okay? So there you go. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so here's the funny thing about this and how the evolution of books can happen or that you're not necessarily anticipating. Right. So I wrote the first book, Bodacious Career, and that uh, that was a promise to myself. Mm-hmm. Like, before we had a lot of the uh, digital publishing options, when I say digital, because the digital presses and it makes it so much easier, right, yeah, to be able definitely. to put a book together and then ha- and then have it go to print. We all remember Kinko's, right? Mm-hmm. Kinko's yep. is still around today, but it, it, you know you would go to Kinko's and and copy stuff, right? Mm-hmm. If you had to copy stuff. So I made a decision uh-huh. when I left AOL because this kind of kept coming up to me. I, the the idea of writing that first book came out uh-huh. of journaling. Ah, okay. Yeah, and I just got, I was journaling, and I got, I was all by myself, and I got inspired one day, and I was like, wouldn't it be cool to write a book? Oh, my, it's be great. And I just, like, really, I got, like, otherworldly about it, and I did another version. I just, I got in the moment so much. I was like, what would it say? And I got a new piece of paper, and I started writing the very first paragraph of this brand new book. And literally, after writing just one paragraph, Uh it's like I recognized what I was doing, and I freaked out. By oh, myself. No, and then I was you like, freaked yourself book? out. Book? I can't write a book. I've never written a book. I've written <laughs> training communications. I've written, you know, all the I've never written a book. And I slammed the journal oh. shut. And I was like, I was like, forgot I can write a book. I felt oh, overwhelmed, goodness. right? Yeah. Whereas like, I don't know, sixty seconds prior to that, right. I was in the flow. Yeah. Right? Not critical. Just letting mm-hmm. stuff come out. And um and on paper. And what a great micro moment of that's exactly what we do all the time. Yes. Yes. Right. And it's and so it took three months for me to finally go, I'm going to write that book. Yes. And it was conversations with friends where I had the guts enough. Mm-hmm. I was bodacious enough mm-hmm. to say, you know, I got this idea about a book. And they go, oh, really? What? You know? Like, yeah, yeah, so yeah. I would tell them I kept getting re-excited. Yeah. I went, that's why I have to write this. So I said, I'm awesome. even if I go to Kinko's and make 20 copies for friends and family, yeah. I'm going to write this book. So first it was commitment to myself. Awesome. Yeah. Then I found a, I said, well, I don't know a whole lot about the publishing industry. 
this was again way before there were other yeah. a lot of other options the, the other than traditional there were some but not many yeah and so I partnered with a woman who was an established author and that's why my very first edition of the of what's called bodacious career was called uh -huh. just simply bodacious uh -huh. and it was says mary foley with martha finney uh -huh. she would be she was an established author and she guided me in this process okay awesome. but she said while we were writing it she said mary if you're ever going to write again if you want to write another book you're you know you're a good enough writer you don't have to that's you know awesome. you won't need me sorry she said and that was huge to me yeah. like you know really yeah. booster well then what happened was then um I, after I wrote Bodacious Career and had been speaking on it, right, right and doing some right. workshops on it and yeah. such, um, I felt that I, I wanted to kind of get pulled in, not pulled them into this personal empowerment space more, right? Yeah, yeah. Women would say, you know, what does it mean bodacious in life when I was yeah. at my, you know, pay attention to what people ask you and, and therefore what they're still curious about or would need more help with, right? Yeah. So bodacious in, in life, that came out of uh, the that, that therefore the book bodacious woman outrageously charge of your life and loving it yeah but what's interesting is when i was writing that book the first chapter is called live like your nail color oh. based on an actual oh, situation wow. where i was in a nail salon oh my goodness the reason i say that is because when i started presenting on that topic live like your nail color was i used it as a way of promoting I took out that one topic right. from Bodacious Woman book, right. presented, sold a lot of Bodacious Woman books. Ah. Nice. Then people said, tell us more about the nail color. And, and you know, I'm sorry, so I said about the nail color. And yeah. then I said, then that was the first time, Nikita, where I said, you know what? I think I now am going to go from a presentation to a book. Awesome. Okay. So it's interesting how they yeah. interplayed. Yeah. And I kept listening to what people were asking more about and wanted. Oh, that's very cool. Thank that's you for cool. talking about that process because I, I got several things out of it. First of all, I know Nikita, you and I work with a lot of clients who will start to write a book and then they have that freak out moment mm -hmm. that you had and they're like, what? I'm not a writer. Right. Yes. And they shut themselves down. Right. So, Correct. you know, that's normal, but good for you for talking about it. And I think the second part that you did for yourself was to have accountability partners yep. in yep. friends, trusted friends who sure. were like, yeah, Mary, that's fantastic. You should totally do this. Yep. And I love too that, that, um, you were talking about the, the chapter in Bodacious ended up, it was uh, live like your nail color. Right. And that ended became up... Became the whole book. Yeah, it became I, the I whole book. I took a book. concept, which was yeah. an introductory concept to just connect. It's, it's another way of saying bodacious. Yeah, And then... And then created a whole new thing around that. Oh, man, that's awesome. Yeah, so you, you kind of like you never know in a, yeah. in a way. But all of it was, again, impact and influence. That's what I wanted. Oh, I love that. I love that. Okay, we're going to wrap it up. We have one last question sure. that we want to ask you, and it is... I know that you've said this before based on your um, book, uh, Live Like Your Nail Color, break a nail, not a leg. <laughs> break a leg, not a nail. Oh, wait, break a leg, not a nail. Oh, I got it wrong. Oh, doggone it. No, that's... <laughs> Son of a gun. That's right, because it's a play on, those, on the phrase. Right. Right? That's right. Break a leg. Right? That's right. So, um, yeah, so I say, 
and we associate break a leg with going out there performing really well, particularly speaking, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, break a leg, right? Yeah. And so it's funny to add not a nail. Every woman gets it. Every guy goes, huh? Oh, that's funny. Oh, totally right. get it. But here's what's interesting. <laughs> so Do you funny. know where the phrase break a leg comes from? No. So it comes from vaudeville days. So vaudeville acts would go, you know, usually as groups, they'd go from town to town to town, right? The stages. And that was the entertainment often time of the day. Uh-huh. And so they would, if they got on, so they only got paid if they got on stage. If they came to town, but they didn't get on stage because they might have gotten booed or something happened, right. they didn't get paid. But if their leg, quote, broke. Uh-huh. The, the the side of the stage. They actually, even their leg got on stage, <laughs> they'd get paid. Oh, that's too funny. Wow. So the whole objective was oh to gosh. at least break a leg, meaning that, not a physical, right? Not a physical break. Not a physical breaking of bones, but for like. your leg to break the, uh, kind of the boundary of the stage. Oh, wow. And that then we get paid. Cool. Yeah. Isn't that funny? That so it so does weird. have to do with performing. It does I have to do with it. getting out there. So when I think of that break a leg, like, Go out there yeah. and nail it, right? Yeah. But not a nail. Because not we a nail. Hate, <laughs> right, you know, oh, that's hate. the worst. That is the worst. <laughs> the worst. We know it even if the audience in the exactly. back row can't see it. Right? <laughs> Oh my gosh, Mary! Thank you so much. We could yes. talk to you all day. I love really, your stories. This is awesome. Yes. Thank you so awesome. much for having me. This is great. Yes. Thank you. Oh my gosh. And she's like, awesome, because she is an incredible speaker. And she does, she has several books. Yes. And so it was really fun getting to pick her brain about that speaker author connection. Yes, absolutely. And it's, it's kind of like, um, you know, we address with like the chicken or the egg, which came first. Yes. Um, and there's really no magic formula. Um, and having to do one or the other, it kind of just depends on where you are right. um, in your career. And right. she did a great job of like expanding on that for us. Oh, most definitely, because both uh, public speaking engagements and books are a fantastic way to get your message across. Mm-hmm. It's just a different medium. So they really uh, go together so nicely. And Absolutely. so we talked a little bit about, you know, messages in um, books and also in talks. And um, which, like you said, the chicken or egg, which came first, author or speaker. Yeah. And also, you know, what's kind of the difference between crafting your message for a book and crafting your message for a presentation? And with both, you have to think about your ideal audience. Yeah, absolutely. so important. Absolutely. Um, And I think if if I'm remembering this correctly, um, with Mary and some of her, in her experiences, going out and speaking actually spurred ideas for her to create future books, exactly. which is amazing. That's again, so you don't have to rely on um, one to happen versus the other. You may actually get inspired or you may get feedback from your audience on what that next step looks like. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And then Mary is just so freaking awesome. And I goofed up her tagline. So I'm going to get it right this time. Okay. She always says, break a leg, not a nail. And, you know, that kind of makes sense. It's probably a lot harder to repair a nail than it is. <laughs> but I love that 
that she explained to us the origin of that. And, yeah. um, and she's just so delightful. So thank you so much, Mary, for joining thank us. Thank you, Mary. This was amazing. Awesome. All right. Y'all have a fantastic week. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Sociable Scribes podcast. Don't forget to tune in next week to learn more amazing tips on writing and publishing. And if you like this podcast, please leave us a review and share it with a friend.